myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. That I should obey God. I'll act like I don't have any problems. I'll need you to show me how to share my struggles with others. I want to have a lot of money so I can buy what I want. I'll need you to teach me that my things belong to God. That my things belong to God. I'll struggle with my looks and appearance. I'll need you to remind me that God wonderfully made me. I'll tend to think about myself before others. I'll need you to teach me that the last will become first. The last will become first. The last will become first. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll need you to show me how to learn from God's wisdom. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth in love. In love. I'll look for happiness in many different places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. Praise the Lord. They're going to need you. Amen. Say, they're going to need me. No, say, they're going to need me. Say, they're going to need me. There we go. Come on, man. We have to own that, right? They're going to need us. This generation, these children, I love, I love how that little, I'm going to need you to show me the way out, she said. That little tiny little face came there, just almost broke my heart again, right? And I've watched that thing, I don't know how many times, all right? They're going to need us to show them the way out of all the craziness, because it's just going to get crazier, right? It's just going to get more and more crazier, and, and it has been, and they're going to need us to to show us, uh, show them the way out of the craziness. They're going to need us to point them towards Jesus. Amen? Amen. When nobody else will. And we're like, well, but, 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 but how, right? Because I know so many of us, parents, grandparents, what, you know, older brothers, older siblings, aunts and uncles, you know, we have tried to point them and we're like, it's not working, right? Uh, well, they need to see it in you. They need to see Jesus in you. They need to see Jesus alive in you, his word alive in you. Because why? Because check this out. I'll put this up there. The meaning of God's word completely changes when you're being taught by someone who follows it. That was someone who used to be a kid said that. All right? Someone who used to be a kid. I got a lot of quotes by that someone today who used to be a kid. So I, I did, you know, because I wanted to have her and her parents up on stage with me this week, but it just didn't work out. And so, um, you know, just to kind of say, anyways, yeah, the meaning of God's word completely changes when you're being taught by someone who actually follows the word of God, who follows the word of God. I want to, you know, it's a great time of year to take a look at, at God's own example when it comes to parenting and even being a kid. In, in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, this familiar story, especially for this time of year, I want to share it with you really quickly. So let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord God. Lord, we ask, Lord, in the name of Christ Jesus, that you would lead us together through your word and understanding. Amen. Amen. 
Luke chapter one, verse 26 says, verse 26 says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, to the, uh, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, oh favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I don't know anybody who wouldn't trip on that, right? And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Probably the best thing he could have said, all right? Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, man, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will, will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his, to, of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, okay, now she's got a little confidence and she's like, okay, this is crazy, um, but how will this be since I'm a virgin? I don't know a man. I'm, I'm, I'm not even, you know, she had all these things. She's betrothed, you know, basically legally bound to get married to this guy, all right? <clears throat> Never been with a guy, lived this great life as a young lady uh, who knew the Lord, all right? And she says, wait a second, I, because she could like, I ain't going to do nothing, nothing crazy. Angel said, basically, you ain't got to, man. This is going to be a miracle. This is going to be a miracle of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. The son of God. God's own son. And then it was crazy because we have all these different accounts, you know, uh, of what took place immediately after that. And then we have this one account that took place as Jesus was 12 years old. We'll talk about that next, 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 uh, next month. We're going to start blowing up an amazing series as we go through the book of Luke. And you need to get in tune with that because that's going to be off the hook. And we're going to go through it, man, uh, chapter by chapter. You know, it's going to take us a couple of years to check this out. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Right? It really is going to take us a couple of years. You guys think I'm joking about that, right? Yeah, man. Hopefully we'll get it done in two years. That's what our plan is. But then at about the age of 30, he, he comes on the public scene, the son of God. And in Luke chapter three, verse 21, it says this. Now, when all the people were being baptized, all right, these people were coming out and being baptized by John the Baptist, all right, as he was preparing the way for Jesus to come, all right, <clears throat> uh, you know, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying as he was baptized. And, and the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, God's voice, the Father's voice, came from heaven and he said, you, look, check this out. This is what God said about Jesus. I don't know if you could picture the scene, all right? Here's his son that he has been watching for 30 years grow, all right, under the stewardship of his mother Mary and his, and, 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 and his believed to be father Joseph. Led correctly, all right? Just amazing. And here he is, 30 years old, knowing the, 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 the task ahead of him. 
is baptized. And this voice comes from heaven. He says, you are my son. With you, I am well pleased. And here I have, I just see this amazing, amazing example of parenting. An amazing example of being a son or even a daughter as well. God himself in front, of, in front of everyone. I was going to say in front of God and everyone. Wait, he is God, all right? <laughs> in front of everyone. He owned his relationship with his son, and we don't see a lot of that these days. He owned his relationship with his son. You are my son, is what he said. He owned his relationship with his son. You, you are my son. You're my beloved son. He, he, he let his son know that he was loved by him. A great, you know, you want to talk about being that masculine man and that heavy-duty man and you don't show no emotions. Well, you know what? The, 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 the greatest, all right, said, I love you, son. And it is so important for us to follow that example as mothers and fathers, to say to our children, I love you. I love you. I, me, right here. Own you. As, own, own the position, not own you. Own the position of being, <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. All right? All right, get over here. Right? No, 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 no. I, I own the position. I, I am going to own this position, you know, of being your dad, of being your mom. And I love you. He owned that position and he let his son know he was proud to be his father. With you, I'm well pleased. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Think about that. I know this raises a lot of hurt for a lot of us in this room. A lot of pain, a lot of struggle for a lot of us in this room. All right, we'll talk about a little bit of that. But right now, God is giving us our example an example of, of to say, you know what? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I love being your parent and I love you and, and I am proud of you, all right? And then and, and Jesus made it a point to be that good son. He made it easier for his dad. Now, yes, he is God, but he was also fully human. We're gonna blow that up over next year. It's gonna be crazy, all right? And so, but, but he made it easier to be, you know, that, that father, but, but, but the father was gonna be that father regardless of the actions of the son, even though he knew his son was, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, it's complicated, all right? Anyways. And I know that this isn't the norm today. And I know that, that you know, that, 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 that for a lot of us, this raises some pain. This raises some hurt. And we're kind of like, wait a second. And it's not normal in a lot of families and, and, and kids' lives and parents' lives today. I know that, but it doesn't mean that this right here cannot be the example again. It doesn't mean that, 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 that we can't do something about it. I don't know where your parenting has been or has not been. I don't know what your relationship with your parents look like or doesn't look like. I'm not claiming, all right, that, that, this is, that, that we all live in this ideal world. We live in the real world, but there is this God's ideal. And I think that if we could make it a point to take a look at his ideal and never give up on the ideal, even though we live in the real. You understand what I'm saying? And to pursue that. 
He said, I don't know where your relationships are in your family, but I do know, I do know that you have the power to change the world when it comes to this, when it comes to family life. You have the power to change the world when it comes to family life. You right here, right here, you can change, all right, the way Things are becoming in the world. And, and I know you're like looking around and you're like, oh man, you know what, dude? Come on, let's get real. Sounds good, man, but ain't nothing gonna change. Yeah, but you can. Right? You can. And if you change, all right, well, that, that, then, then something just changed. All right? And, and maybe that's all the change you need to make today is, 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 is you. Maybe that's exactly what God is asking of you, beginning with the way that you think about family life. Beginning the way you think maybe with your small children, your adult children, your grandkids. Beginning again with the way that you think towards your parents, all right? That whether they're in, in here or not here or you've never knew them, all right? Beginning with the way that you think. I, I love, you know, not too long, it was back this spring, all right? Uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, Robin. She is our executive administrative assistant here. Amazing young lady, all right? Keeps me in check, all right? Keeps me, you know, on task. She's just such, you know, just a real courageous young lady. But uh, early in the year, I was just talking about how everybody needs to start owning their tables. I've been talking about this for years anyways. A table of discipleship. And everybody of us, all of us need to be making disciples. We're blowing this up again next year too. So it's going to be amazing. Stay close. All right. And she comes up to me one day and she goes, hey man, we're making a disciple. And I'm like, I'm like, right on. You know, her and her husband, man, they, I thought, are you guys starting a group? What do you, is it at home or are you making a disciple? You know, where do you, where, where, how's this look? Do you, have, or do you have a young lady you're meeting with? And she's like, no, man, we're making a disciple. And I says, oh, okay, great. Okay, but how's that? And she goes, no, dude, we're making a disciple. And she was pointing to her belly. And I was like, oh, from the ground up, you're making a disciple. I was like, dude, that is amazing. I thought that was awesome. I mean, I think we could do better if we think about it in those terms. I'm making a disciple. I'm making a disciple. All right? Praise the Lord. Amen? And what I love that is that, is that as first-time parents, they got something that is key to the universe of family life. All right? And it's simply this. As a parent, your most valuable leadership will be to lovingly and intentionally lead your kids to Jesus. As a parent, your most valuable leadership will be to lovingly, not lovingly or intentionally, not intentionally or lovingly, but to lovingly and intentionally lead your kids to Jesus. Too often we want to send them off or into, you know, I, we do a great job here and this is all part of it. Yes, don't, don't give up on that. But the greater work is your work too. You know, we want to send kids off to be taught by somebody else thinking that's all they need and we give up the role of discipleship and instruction that God has given us. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ that first year, my oldest son was at that time was in sixth grade. He's in his mid-30s now. And... Uh, and we, 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 we got involved in the church. And I remember he was going into this classroom. 
And I thought, I want to be a part of what's happening in, in, that, in that investment of God's word in his life. I want to be a part of that investment. And I believed it was my position to own that. So I started helping with his classroom. And then, like I said before, they asked me to lead sixth grade VBS and got involved in that. Next thing you know, I'm the sixth grade Sunday school teacher and I'm able to teach him at home and among others at church. And it was just an amazing thing. And I thought that was important. Oh, we need to own that position as parents. We need to own that position as grandparents and even great-grandparents. We need to own that position, man, of investment. Amen? Today, we're, we're, we're going back into Ephesians. We took last week off, right? And we're going to look again at God's plan, at least in this context, for the family. And like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt a little bit for some of us because some of us didn't get a lot of this. But that don't mean it has, we, we can't get it. That don't mean we can't create it and we can't reestablish some of these things, at least as far as, you know, matters and, 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 and pertains to us. And so we're in Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four. I believe one through four or maybe five. I'm not quite sure. We, anyways, don't matter. We'll get there. All right. <laughs> so, and, and, and listen how he begins. Just to kind of remind you where we were. He was talking back in earlier in chapter five about being submissive, mutually submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. He leads into this, 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 this model of the home of what it looks like for men and women to be mutually submissive, all right? Uh, of wives being submissive to their husbands, of husbands giving up their life as Christ gave his life up for the church to his wife. And there was this mutual submission that I believe is the, is the groundwork and is helpful. Now, all of us don't have that. A lot of us don't, don't have that, that husband and wife thing at the home, but that doesn't mean you cannot be an amazing woman, daughter of the king, or amazing man, son of the king as you lead this way forward. All right, look what it says right here. It says, children, in chapter six, verse one, obey your parents in the Lord, all right? For this is right. He says, children... He talks to the kids first. It's crazy. You know, and, but I think he's talking to all of us when you think about it. Because I love what, what Pastor Brian said when we were talking about this. He says, all of us are someone's child. All right? But not all of us are parents yet. But every one of us are, are someone. So every one of us can, can basically grab a hold of what he's saying right here. We can, we can actually relate to what he's saying right here when he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Because every human being on the planet has parents. Now, they might not be the greatest parents, or some of them might be the most amazing parents. And many of them fall in between the two. But he tells us, man, he says, look, I want everybody to recognize, all right? It begins with us recognizing obedience, recognizing that. And I think talking, you know, helping us get that earthly understanding helps us recognize that heavenly understanding to our Father in heaven and submitting to our God Almighty. Right? He says, children, I want you to obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And a couple of natural questions arise when you read this, though. All right, when you, when you recognize, okay, as, as, as my life is in Christ, all right, there is, there is a way that I need to think about this, but I need to, I need to ask a couple of questions, all right? And, and the first question that, that I want to ask is, is this unconditional obedience? Is this obedience right here, is this obedience, is it unconditional? Does it matter, no matter what they say, <clears throat> you know, does this mean I need to be obedient? And you got to think about that. 
Because he says, obey, obey in the Lord. And I've had kids come up to me when I was a youth pastor. Kids come up to me and say, look at man. And they come falling madly in love with God. They've been invited to, to a youth group by a friend of theirs. And, uh, and their parents are like, are just kind of like nowhere to be found. And, um, and they want to give their life to Christ. And I remember several times wanting to, you know, sell, you know challenging them to baptism and, 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 and moving forward in this walk only for them to come by and say, my parents said, I can't do it. I can't be baptized. And, and I was like, ah, you know, well, I mean, does the kid obey or does the kid rebel in that? I don't want to challenge, you know, us to our, 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 our those, 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 man, those things that were like, no, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Some people said, nah, man, just come over here. We'll secretly baptize you. I don't think there needs to be, the, the, the secretly baptizing is not, in my opinion, baptizing. It's not a declaration of like, right here, man, boom, I'm all his. Now, I, you know, some of you might disagree with me on this, but in those cases, I've told the kids, you know what? You're following Christ. You love Jesus. Jesus loves you, all right? You know, if this is the case, you know, obey, submit to your parents and therefore just show them, man, just the love all right, and show them the living word of God in your life. I mean, I, God knows. I gave my life to Christ, and I couldn't immediately get baptized. I wanted to be baptized, but there was just no baptism. There was no water, you know, for that. There was the, you know, there were the showers, plural, all right? So you kind of know what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> there were the showers, all right? And I'm not going to go into the showers and like, hey, guys. <laughs> that would not have went over well. So, but you know what? I gave my life completely to Christ. I belong to Jesus. If I died that day, it didn't mean like, oh man, I'm not going to heaven. It didn't mean that I was not trying to follow God. Now, if your parents told you that you could not worship the God, our God, our great God and King, Jesus Christ, in your heart, you weren't allowed to worship in your heart, well, there's something that you would not be able to obey. Would you agree? It'd be hard to obey that. Sorry, I just can't. I mean, what are they going to do? You're worshiping right now. I know it, right? That's it, grounded. No, I mean, it's like, yeah, ground me. You know, I don't, I don't know how. I just think there's, there's this, that, that we have to challenge that. <clears throat> you know, you know is, un is, is unconditional obedience. I think obedience in, in the areas where you know you can obey and it's going to lead your folks to Christ, I think it's pretty amazing. And then, uh, and then, but then, but you have to think, you know, also, how long does, does, does obedience continue? Does this mean like I'm 50, you know, um, one, all right? <laughs> uh, right now, I'm 58, right? And uh, my parents, you know, praise the Lord, are still with us. And, you know, but they're not trying to boss me around or nothing like that. But if they did, what would I have to obey? I think it switches there from, from obedience. I, best, I, I, I think that there's a point that obedience leads to ultimate honor, to where I'm starting to honor my parents, you know, where, where I'm coming out of that area of, of, of childhood obedience, right? And now it is just honoring the wishes and, 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 and things that my parents would like that don't, that don't argue or, or disagree with my faith. And there's, there's a way that obedience leads to honor. I was uh, hanging out with uh, Emery and her dad, and we were kind of kicking it back here a few, uh, this last week. And we're talking, I don't know if you guys were here when I, I shared a sermon where God, you know, gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife, right? And, uh, and it was important that every man have a job before you go, try to go out and get a wife. And I thought, I told Emery, I said, what do you think about that? I said, Emery, what do you, what do you think about it? Do you think it's necessary for a guy to have a job before he has a wife? 
And she was like, she was getting ready to say something, then she looked at her dad and she says, Dad, what do you think? Right? And her dad said, well, yeah. I mean, good dad, right? <laughs> Tell your daughter, yeah. And then she looked at me and said, well, yeah. And I was like, <clears throat> you know, that was just honoring. She was a, she's 18 years old, you know what I mean? She's, she's be, becoming this adult uh, young lady, all right? But yet she still honored her father. And I thought that was just an amazing picture of obedience leading to an honoring, a continuing honoring life. Look what he says here. He says in, in verse two, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. All right? Where, 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 where obedience may have their limits as we grow older, honor is unlimited. How do you, how do you honor your, your, your parents today? If your parents are still with us, how are you personally honoring your parents today? And I'm gonna get to what you're probably thinking about here in a minute. How do you honor them today? I, I love the fact that my mom, I mean, I've been praying and praying and praying for years that my mom would be able to, you know, we'd be able to get her to move to where we're at right here, all right, so that I can look after her. Not that she needs looking after. My mom's a firecracker. If you met her, she's just all over the place, all right? You know what I mean? But, but, but I just love the fact that just this month, this, this month, they moved up here finally, all right? And they got a house, all right. Yeah, amaze the Lord, man. I just love that. All right. But, 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 but what's awesome is now, I, now I, can, I can, you know, keep an eye on them and, and, and see what they need, man, you know. And, and it's awesome because our, my kids are, are feeling the same way about it. You know, how, how are you making a point, a plan to honor your, 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 your parents, you know, right now? How do you honor your parents today? How are you planning for their future? Well, here's some of the questions, uh, questions that some of us are thinking about, right? What if your parents are not that honorable? What if your parents are just not that honorable? All right? What if, you know, what if you just, all of you saw of your parents was their back? Or maybe your dad's back or your mom's back or maybe you just, you know, you haven't seen much. What about that? What do you do about that? Are you, are you getting like a free ticket? Does God say, okay, you know what, man? Don't worry, this doesn't count for you. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that, that I believe that the scripture is the scripture and the word of God is the word of God. And he says to honor your father and mother, period. And I believe that. And so how do you do it, man? Well, first you obey God and, and second, you start to pray for them. You pray for them a lot. All right, you pray for them a lot. Prayers, all right, and I love this right here. Prayers of hope and asking for God to create inside them what seems impossible from the outside. I, I, I had my dad, man, we, we, there was a long time where I was just like, okay, done, man, forget it. And when God came into my life, you know, my dad came back into my life again. And I started praying for my dad. And I started praying for my father. And I started just praying for, into his life. I didn't want to be close to him at that point, all right? But I started praying for him. And then God told me to go see him, all right? And to pray with him now. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but this is just what happened to me. And was allowed to lead him, my own dad, to Jesus. And watch my dad give his life to Christ. You know, I pray for them a lot, man. And I love what Emery says. She says, respect them. Even if they don't seem respectable, it just, this, 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 this godly in the Lord respect, 
She says this, man, she says, I encourage kids to remember that when Christ is in them, they'll be able to love their parents in a way that doesn't make sense. When Christ is in them, they'll be able to love their parents in a way that doesn't make sense. She says, it's the same for loving anyone who is difficult to love. Loving God will lead you to love other people, whether they're lovable or not, amen? But that's the work of the church. How are we gonna go out and love these people and love these people and love these people who are just not that lovable, but yet our own family, all right, we're not even gonna pray for them because they, we just feel so hurt. And I understand, man, I've been there, I've been hurt. But kids, I, uh, kids, children, not just children, but people who have parents, okay, any, all of us, need to remember that, you know, and even younger kids need to remember they're not too young to have God work in them and work through them. Um, I, was in a, I was leading a youth ministry down in Tucson years ago, and there was a young girl there named Monique, and she would, she would just come with her friends to, to, to services, sold out for the Lord, had this amazing voice, and just wanted to sing songs for Jesus. And, and, and was, it was awesome. And I remember one time we started talking. I was like, hey, man, where, where, you know, uh, who do you live with? I try to be real gentle in how I try to get to the you know, question of where are your parents. Who do you live with? I live with, you know, I forgot who she said she lived with at the time because her mother, turned out, was in, was, was in prison. Her mom was in prison, man, and I was just like, and she, would, she didn't want to talk about that because she had this, this animosity. She felt her mom left. And I said, Monique, she goes, I don't want to talk about it. I don't, you know, I'm just done. I go, you can't be done, man. I said, you need to start praying for your mom. You start lifting your mom up, man, and just start just praying for God to just change your heart, to change your life, to change the world in your mom. She says, I don't know what good it's going to do. I said, well, it's going to, if anything, it'll do you some good. Let's start praying. We start praying together. We start talking about this together, praying together. Some of the other girls start praying with her together. It was crazy. And within about a year, her mom gets released from prison. And she was really, really has great anxiety about this. And it was just, you know, crazy. And her mom gets out and is all ready to get crazy again. And all of a sudden she meets, I guess, some other lady or something. And next thing you know, this woman shares Jesus with her. And she starts coming to our church she starts hanging out in our church. She gives her life to Christ. And, now, and she's been working in full-time ministry, I think, for about the past 25 years. Hey, nobody saw that coming. Said, honor your parents. I don't, even if your parents are not that honorable, you know, at least this depends on you, all right? Be that person because you're not gonna let that, that, that unforgiveness own you and just kind of just blacken your heart. Amen. I need to get moving, man, because <laughs> there's so much more to talk about. All right, all right. And look at verse three. He says, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And, and you know, what does that even mean? And I will give you just kind of a general sense. John Stott said it like this. A strong social community is nearly impossible without strong family life. A strong social community is nearly impossible without a strong family life. You know what? It will go well with you when you start leading good families, strengthening families for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then he tells us, okay, so, so this is us as kids. Now he gets all of us on the same page, and now he's going to pull some of us, all right, that are already parents, grandparents, and, and the like. And then I would challenge even those of you here who have not had kids to start thinking this way. Check this out. You know, he says this, 
fathers, all right? And speaking, he's speaking to fathers and moms. He's speaking to moms and dads, all right? He said, honor your parents, not just your fathers, all right? He says this, and so, 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 so he says, okay, guys, he says, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Too often, we just, we think of the word discipline and how far should I go with discipline? And you know what? You're not gonna disrespect me and all this stuff. But he's saying, look at man. He says, you need to bring them up. You need to lift them up. This isn't about you keeping them down and reminding who's the boss, all right? This is you lifting your kids up because ultimately we want to see our children do greater things than we've ever thought of doing, all right? We want to see them do live a bigger life than we've ever led. We want to see them achieve more than we've ever achieved, amen? Come on, man. We want to see our kids win, amen? All right, so he's saying, look at here, man. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The problem today is that too many parents are more concerned with how their kids make them look rather than how Jesus looks in their kids. Too many of us are rooting for our last name rather than their first name. You're making me look bad. Come on, man. Our kids should be the first line, our first line of discipleship. Matt Chandler, I never quote this guy, but um, I think he's you know, pretty awesome. I just, anyways, he said this, parents have the potential to be the most influential person in a child's life. Parents have the potential to be the most influential person in a child's life. God has clearly commanded that the highest priority of parenting is helping children know, follow, and trust him. Helping children know, follow, and trust Jesus. This is, this is, this is the highest priority of parenting. We have a lot of parenting priorities, but is this actually your highest? And how do you make this your highest priority? How do you make parenting your highest priority? This is old school, man, but I'm just going to share some stuff from back in the day, all right? I'm going to share some stuff from back in the day. Check this out. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is all the way back at the beginning of your Bible, all right? Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse four, the, the command, the instruction, the leadership goes like this. There was a thing that they would always say together as they would greet, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse four, the Lord is one. That was just kind of, let's make sure we're getting on the same page together, all right? One God, almighty. You're not God, I'm not God. The, those, those totem poles, those, those, those statues, those little things over here, those little, this, none of that is God. There is one God, all right? Almighty God, the Father of all things, all right? His Son, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the Great Savior, the Holy Spirit, all right? Three in one, one God. He says, hear, O Israel, our Lord, the Lord our God is, are we on the same page? 
Because now we can go, all right, you shall love the Lord your God. Here's how you lead. Here's how you parent. You begin with you. You begin with you. You don't begin with your kids. We think parenting begins with our kids. Okay, well, you, come over here. You, no, don't begin with them. It's that private prayer preparation, that private preparation that leads to that public presence. All right, if there's a public presence without private preparation, it's more than likely going to crash and burn. He begins with you. He says, okay, we're on the same page. Recognize this. You shall love the Lord your God, all right? You shall, you say, 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 say it with me. Come on, ready? Let's just read this together, all right? You shall love the Lord your God, all right, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Do you see you, your, 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 I mean, constantly, this is you. Do the groundwork. All right? And he says, and now, he says, and these words that I command you, this word of God, all right, that I command you today needs to be on your heart because what's on your heart will come out in your life. This is street credit 101, man. All right? Nobody listens to a faker. Nobody's got time for a pretender. All right? Imposters, all right? You know what? I ain't playing that game. He says right here, he says, look at, this needs to be on your heart and you're going to teach them diligently to your children and you're going to talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, all right? This, is, this, 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 this requires for you to know the word, to be in the word. If you're going to live the word, if you're going to speak the word, if you're going to inhabit the word, then the word needs to inhabit you and you need to be in the word, Amen. This is not your Sunday school teacher's job or your, you know, or, or your pastor's job, all right, to just make sure that you're in the word. It is your job to make sure that you are in the word, amen, and are leading your children this way. It requires you to be in the word. Action speaks louder than words in this situation. Again, talking to a kid or an adult who used to be a kid. She said, I personally heard so many times the kids who are forced to do church and go to church and do church things while their parents are just different people at home. It's the parent's job to make Jesus look desirable in a world that is against them. Here's what she said. Check this out. The most important thing in a kid's relationship with Christ is to be surrounded by Christ. Amen? Would you not agree? And the parents carry Jesus around and bring him into the kids' life. This is their job. This is our job. But it is also the job of grandparents. I love how my wife is teaching our four-year-old granddaughter to memorize scripture. And when I walk into the house and I hear her quoting Isaiah 41, I walk in, my little granddaughter is saying, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. She puts out her left hand when she does that. <laughs> but, but praise the Lord, amen. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be between your eyes. You will write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. You're going to make it known, man. It is not a secret that he is your life. 
The meaning of God's word completely changes when you're being taught by someone who follows it. That was written by someone who discovered this by experience. So what do I want you to do? What do you need to do about this? There's a place that we need to begin, and it is a gospel-centered place that we need to begin at. Because this life, whether anyone is following you or not, all right, we need to live this life out. Because it's going to build the moral authority to even talk about it to anybody. Be a good son. Be a good daughter. And when you have that moral authority, you will recognize what it means to be a good father and a good mother, a good woman and a good man, a good dad and a good mom. I got something really, really hard I want you to do. It's going to be really, really hard. This is not an easy message. You need to answer two questions, and you need to consider what you're going to do about those answers. And this is, this is, this is a gospel-centered you know, movement. You, you, this, this requires you beginning with the gospel and your relationship with your parents and the relationship with your kids. It requires you moving with the gospel. As Jesus Christ came, all right, lived a life sent by God, was God, all right, died on the cross, all right, for our sins, all right, for our forgiveness of our sins because we needed forgiveness, all right, rose again from the grave ascended into heaven and sent us his Holy Spirit so that we can live a life of repentance. What does this look like in relationship for our kids? I'll begin with this. What is it that you need to forgive your parents for today? That's not an easy question. What is it that you need to forgive your parents for today? We've walked away from so much of that wreckage. We've walked away from so much of that damage. We've, we've allowed it and we've even justified it. And some of us act like it just never happened. Forgot that part of my life. Forget it, man. What is it that you need to forgive your parents for today? Whether they've been in your life or not been in your life or in between somewhere. What is it you need to forgive your parents for today? And then, you parents, what is it you need to repent to your children for? What is it you need to ask forgiveness for? And you might not get the answer you want. What is it you need, all right, to repent, to truly repent to your kids for? We need to start there, guys. Won't you agree? Praise the Lord.